Father, thank you for your faithfulness to us, for the way that you love us unconditionally, and the way that you choose by your loving kindness to draw us back to you, to soften us up with discipline and with love, giving us all that we need all the time if we just choose to depend and trust on you. May that be the case tonight as we study your word and look at it in Jesus' name. Amen. We are seeing in this series that our ability to both understand and grow by God's word is based upon whatever type of dirt we are in the moment in which the word is being sown. I had a question from the junior hires this evening. The question from the young lady was, can you be more than one type of dirt at the same time? What do you think? No. And really what she was getting at was the idea that, well, some things of God's word she likes and wants to accept, and other parts she doesn't. And so I said, well, you're not the hard-packed soil in those moments, and you're not the good soil in those moments. In those moments, you're either the rocky or the thorn bush. And whether you're rocky or thorn bush there depends upon, I told her, what it is that's keeping you from accepting the part of God's word that you don't accept. When we look at God's word, it's important for us to recognize why our soil, our, the type of dirt that we are, should be what it is. And we'll deal with that tonight. But remember, we talked about our, the believer's walk and understanding that in those times when we're walking from the flesh, in that red zone, as we've so shown it in the diagram, that we can't understand God's word because we're walking from the, from the flesh, and that's not what the Spirit does. The Spirit understands things spiritually. The flesh understands things from human perspective. And so down here in the red, it's all human perspective. Up here in the green, it's all divine perspective, God's perspective. God sees things differently than us. We have seen that throughout the, the course of our time here. And in this series, looking at spiritual growth and maturity, we've seen that specifically, right? Red light, green light was where we got this diagram. Before that, we talked about what God provided to us to grow spiritually. And so in our closing portion of this series, the four types of dirt, three of which we've gone through, and the last one, the good dirt, the receptive dirt that has, receptive dirt that has germination, that then has growth and then it produces a crop, that's the type of dirt we should be every moment. Now the reality is we will not be that type of dirt every moment. However, we could be. The benefit of a moment is it's not measured by a specific amount of time. A moment is the time between two points in time. However long or short that time frame is. A moment could be a day, a moment could be a minute, a moment could be five years. However long that moment is in which you're walking in fellowship with God, as we've shown in our different sized rectangles here, whatever that moment is, is going to be dependent upon what type of soil you are. So the parable of the sower, the, what we've seen along the way, as Jesus explains this, the sower is the communicator of God's word, the seed is God's word, the soil is the person who's receiving it or not receiving it, hard soil, says, I have no receptivity to the word. With that, the Satan and company come, they take what was trying to be sowed, the word, and they distract the person away from it. They remove the word from their, their attention so that they don't have a chance of accepting it then. The rocky soil, limited receptivity. It's shallow, so there's a lack of spiritual maturity. Why was it shallow soil? Do you guys remember? We said the shallowness came from the emotional acceptance of it. That while I am happy or while I like this, or while I feel good about the word, I'll accept it and trust it. But then when we saw, like, with the sun coming up, when trials arise, 
because of the word, the scorching heat, the affliction, the persecution from those trials, that emotion doesn't have enough sustaining power to motivate you to trust the word through those trials. And so the shallowness, the lack of depth to your faith in the word, because it wasn't a choice where you knew it was best and depended upon to be best, but rather a feeling, when that feeling fades away, you're left not trusting the word, and it is withered away. When it's withered away, it just means that there's failed growth. The word does not grow. We saw the thornbush soil and the thorns. Thornbush soil, it was receptive, but it had a bunch of things already growing in it. A bunch of things that took the nutrients, and the nutrients that we talked about distracted us away from the good plant. The worthless beliefs are the thorn bushes, and so the thornbush soil has a bunch of worthless beliefs in it. It's a heart that has a bunch of human viewpoint, a bunch of things you've come up with through your flesh and through your time on earth in that red zone of carnality. And all those beliefs that you have compete against the word. And when the word comes into your thought process, the worthless beliefs choke it out and they stop its ability to grow. So again, the word of God will grow in you if you maintain your soil. If the dirt isn't right, then the fruit will not be produced, the word will not grow, it will not sprout, it will not take root. The, the soil has to be right. So let's take a look at the, the good soil. What is good soil? If hard soil on one end doesn't let the word in, what does good soil do? It's completely receptive. It lets it in, exactly. It lets it in. But it doesn't just let it in. It receives it completely. It accepts it completely. It depends upon it completely. It's fully accepting of what the word says. Now the word will do work to grow. Remember that germination video? How can we forget it? Oh, processes. The germination video that we watched was the seed goes into the soil. It was that weird British accent. I don't know what it was. But remember that video where it talked about that as long as the soil is good, the seed will grow? The word of God grows itself. It's able to grow. We don't cause it to grow. All we do is let it be in good soil. It grows on its own. There's a reason for that. We're going to see it in Hebrews 4.12. But the good soil accepts the word, fully receives it, trusts it, means it depends upon that. And as a result, it produces a crop. The plant sprouts a root, sprouts a shoot, grows up, and then it blossoms into the fruit or the, the crop, whatever it's going to produce, and depending upon which word is sown there, which doctrine of God's teaching, which, which part of his word is being talked about there, it will have different amounts of impact in your life. But the word has to get to the place where it can grow, flower, and then blossom and produce a new seed before it produces a crop. The difference between a plant and a crop is that there's multiple plants in a crop. And so as we find the word of God working in us and we accept it, when it grows and produces seed, it plants new seed in us. Let's take a look at Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
I put some words in bold there, living and active. The Bible is described by God in his word, the Bible, as being living. The word that's used there means spiritually alive. The Bible itself, God's word, when he speaks, it has spiritual life in it. We see this life in God creating the world. God didn't come down and say, okay, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this, put it together, I'm going to mold this, and then, hey, look, here's the world. What did he do? When there was nothing, God said, let there be light. Let there be animals. Let's create man in our own image. He spoke. God's word has life. And this is the difference in whether you're hard-packed soil or good soil or thorny soil or rocky soil is going to come down to your awareness in your own mind in that same moment of who God is. If God is removed from your thought process, you're going to reject his word. Because the reality is, God's word is exactly that. It's his word, what he has said. And if we know him and are trusting him, then what he says we'll accept. Jesus said this when he was questioned by the Pharisees. He said, if you want to know what I teach and whether what I teach is accurate, then ask the Father. Because what I teach you is from the Father. The Father is telling me what to teach you. And so if you ask the Father, Father, is this what's, what's right? He's going to say yes. Because Jesus wasn't teaching his own thing. He was teaching what the Father said. And that was the, the evidence he gave. It's spiritually alive. The word of God is spiritually alive on its own. We think of it as words on a page, but it's spiritually living. It moves on its own. It does work on its own. And in case we're not clear about that, the next part says, and, and active, and the word for active there is intergone, and it means that it has its own productive energy. It produces its own energy. It produces its own work. And so the word of God is spiritually alive, and it produces work. All it needs is good soil. Which means that if, if you aren't, and I'm not, in any moment in time, good soil, whatever the word could do, being spiritually alive, and can produce, being energetic, having activity, is going to be squished out. And we saw that in the parables, right? Hard packed, never, never germinated, the birds took it away. Rocky dirt, it got shallow, it got excited. Yay, this is all happy and joyful. And then, oh wait, it's not because there's problems now because of the word. That means I have to give up this. Or people don't like this part. And I can't have that. Or with the other beliefs that we already have about what we should do and what we should not do. Choking out the word. See, all of these things, if we allow our, our soil to change, it will choke out and destroy the word. But if, like the good soil, we let the word grow because we're willing, whatever the word says to accept and trust, whatever God says to accept and trust, then it is going to change us from the inside to the out. And that means for us, the way that we can see whether our soil is hard-packed, rocky, thorny, or good dirt is to look at what fruit is being produced in our life. Is the word of God producing what the word says it will produce in you? Is that coming out from inside of you? If it is, then it's only because you've trusted God's word. 
If it's not, then it's because you haven't trusted it and you've given the three other types of soil for it to operate in. And this is the reality check for us. Because we all have an understanding of what God's word says to some degree. Whatever degree that is, we know certain things are right. We know certain things are good. We know we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. But just knowing it doesn't do it for us. We have to trust it. And so the word of God being living and active does the work for us. Let's keep going on here on 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? The scripture is inspired by God so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. What equips you and I to do the work of God? His word. It teaches us what's, what he says, how to do it. That word for teach there means a systematic step by step by step. Once you know this, then you learn this part, and then you learn this part. That's why we do series. I don't know if you've figured that out yet. We start with the beginning part, then we move to the next phase, and once we understand this, we can go to this. And once we understand that, we can go to the next part. Systematic teaching. The word of God does that. For reproof, it means it shows us where we've gone wrong in our actions. We believe that these things are right. We say that these things are right. But when we don't trust them, we do things that are wrong. And the word of God says, hey, you say you'd believe this, but this is what you did. This is what's right. This is how you correct that. And that's where that correction part comes in. It doesn't just show us evidence where we've done the wrong thing. It shows us how to correct that wrong thing. And then the training aspect. Remember we talked about the Holy Spirit at one point. I think it was in study school a while back, a few weeks back. This word training means that we have a mentor watching us. And as like a coach does, uh, whether it's tennis, volleyball, track, soccer, whatever the sport is. If your coach is watching you and checking out your technique to see if you're doing it the proper tech with the proper technique. If your elbow in baseball is dropped down and you're trying to hit, they're going to say, hey, raise that elbow up. Now try it again that way. And it and you try one or two, and then you'll drop that elbow back down. Oh, you dropped your elbow again. Oh, yeah, that's right. And same thing for any sport. Your coach is essentially watching you and training you. Now try it again, doing it the right way. Make sure you keep your head up. Make sure you pivot your hips. Make sure you leap up high to get that spike or that drive down with your tennis racket. It all comes back down to that training aspect. That's what the Word of God does. And why does it do that? So that we can be adequate, equipped for every good work. The Word of God equips us. It's living activity. The spiritual life within the word and the activity it produces equips us to do the work that God's prepared for us to do. Which means we can't do the work God has for us unless we're dependent upon the word and we've been good soil allowing it to grow. 1 Peter 2, 1-3. The importance of recognizing where the word comes from. Therefore, putting aside all malice, and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. What is it that keeps us from wanting to hear God's word? What God says. Well, what are we told to put away here? All malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. What are these things products of? The flesh. Deal with the flesh. Confess your sin let those things be put away from you by the Holy Spirit and then start letting the Word of God work. I feel like sometimes I just say the same things over and over again, but we're in different passage and it says, this is what Scripture does. It teaches us over and over again the same concept. 
depend upon God's word in a right relationship with him, then you will follow God and carry out his will and grow yourself as a, as a spiritual being. You won't grow yourself. The word will grow yourself and accomplish all the things God has for you. You'll be far more joyous. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and things like these against such there is no law. But the longing for the pure milk of the word is ruined by maintaining a hunger for what the flesh has. What we want in our sin natures destroys our desire for the word. So if we don't have a desire for the word, the only answer is because we've allowed our sin nature to push that desire away. So we're sold and commanded then to put those things aside. Actually, the word put aside means to allow these things to be put away from you. We do that by confessing our sin and trusting God. When Paul thanked the Thessalonica believers, he said, for this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God. Now look at this next part. The word of God, which also performs its work in you who what? Believe, depend upon it. Good soil depends upon the word. The word depended upon grows a product and a crop and changes you. The belief has to be there. The soil has to be ripe for the word to be planted and grow. But notice whose word it is in this passage. He said, we're grateful that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you didn't accept it as coming from men, as just what we were saying and thinking. We don't care about what humans think. We're horrible people, right? Our thought process is wicked and evil. But he said you accept it for what it really is, the word of God. Again, whether we're willing to accept God's word or not is based upon whether we're willing to accept God as the authority, as the one who loves us, as righteous over us, for who he is. If we're relating to God, we'll accept his word. We cannot relate properly to God or say that we actually love God and are following God if we reject his word in any way. Romans 12, 2, the, the result of accepting the word of God gives us the opportunity to prove what's good. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And then Jesus finished the parable in Matthew 13, verse 9, when he told it to the general public and wasn't explaining, he said, he who has ears, let him hear. And this phrase is more literally, he who really has ears for the purpose of, of hearing and accepting what is heard. He is commanded to hear and accept. God has given us the ability as his children to understand what he has said, to understand his word, not just the Bible, because the Bible is just what we have written down of his word. But what God says to us, he's given the ability to understand. He's given it to us so that we can then understand it and accept it. Throughout your life, you will be, in, in various moments, in, in any one given day, you'll be different types of dirt. You'll be hard dirt, you'll be good dirt, then you'll go rocky, then you'll go hard, then you'll go good, then you'll go or thorn bush. Any, any day, you're going to go back and forth. The thing that softens you up to the word is recognizing God. If it's genuinely his word, 
And if he is indeed love, and if he is indeed righteous, and if he is indeed all-powerful, sovereign, all-knowing, all-present, and eternal, then there's no one else that compares to him. And we certainly don't know better than him. And if we genuinely recognize who God is, then it's not hard to accept his word. Because his word's what's best for us. If God is love and pursuing what's best for us, his word is right. If God is righteous, his word is complete, having all the information it needs. When God says it, it's not because he didn't know something. And you can see how it all works together. It's his word. Do we respect his word because it's from him? Or do we accept it as just words from mere men? Depending upon which moment we're in, eh, I like it today, I don't like it tomorrow. God's gracious and loving towards us, it's pretty simple for us as his children to confess when we're hard, rocky, or thorn soil, and allow him to do the work through his word that he wants to do in us. It's by faith we trust God in his word. Just like we trusted him for salvation, we trust him to grow us spiritually. He will grow us spiritually. We can't grow ourselves spiritually. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for what we can do because of the spirit you've placed in us to teach us, because of the human spirit that he generated life into at the moment of our salvation, that allows us to understand and communicate with you day by day, walking in relationship with you. May we be aware, may we be faithful. Show us your loving kindness, because it's by that that you draw us back to you. In Jesus' name, amen.